raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Welcome to Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I'm your host, Maria Moore, and in this episode, one of my favorite people in the world is joining me to talk about a topic that is very relevant right now, and that is loneliness, because you can be lonely whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship. And I'm going to tell you how important loneliness and combating loneliness is for your fitness journey. Here to join me is Janae Hicks, and she was on the podcast uh, episode number eight, I believe. I know. And shout out to your episodes. They give life. Oh, my goodness. I look forward to the drop on Wednesdays. I love to hear the growth in you as you become confident in like what it means to live in your light. Like it's a gift. So, yes, happy to be back. Love your podcast. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate the contributions you've already made to this podcast. I still get DMs about your episode and I'm looking forward to what you have to say about this topic. But before we jump into it, uh, tell me what you're doing for your mind, body and business. You can pick one and tell me what you're doing in all three. And I especially love hearing the response to this question from my therapist, because there's this perception that therapists have it all together. Sure, absolutely. My husband would beg to differ on got it all together. He is the one. <laughs> like, uh-uh, no. Okay, what do I do? I, my mornings are very important to me. They're sacred. And so I usually start with um, a few really so nourishing affirmations for me to remind me of my power and space. Um, I start with gratitude. I have a whole gratefulness podcast. So music does a lot for me. It does a lot for you all too. So just know if you need a quick dopamine release, you need to be able to turn your brain towards joy. Um, Music would do it for you really quickly. And this is all pretty much playing in the background of my morning. So it's not that I'm stopping the flow of my morning. I'm getting my daughter ready while my grateful music podcast is flowing. I am listening to my affirmations while I'm brushing my teeth. And so I'm very intentional in knowing that I have to get out of the door by 7.30 and I have to nourish myself. So I have a few things that I do. Yeah, and the way you describe your affirmation really stood out to me. You said so nourishing. Absolutely. So I am very much about wealth building and about changing my relationship with how I see money and lack. And so for me to nourish your soul means to be intentional about what you need at this moment. And so I'm always trying to remind myself that I am worthy of all of the good, that the good is my birthright, that um, being able to be blessed and bless people is what I was put on earth to do. And so I listen to specific affirmations that that remind me of that and that give me language to start my day with that frame of reference. Yeah, and I believe the specifics really matter because a statement like, I am a money magnet doesn't quite hit like people love to give Janae Hicks money, you know? Um, What is your advice for making our affirmations more soul nourishing and to really use those powerful words that magnify manifestation? We have to begin to know and understand that our words have power and the power that we offer to the universe to bring us back what we're asking begins with what we start our morning with. 
I agree because I know from experience that the way you start your day dictates the course of your day. I really appreciate that reminder, and I'm sure everyone listening does too. So, Janae, now you were on with me for episode eight, for those who didn't get a chance to check that out or are new to the magic of Janae Hicks. How would you describe the work that you do and your practice areas? Absolutely. So I am an executive therapist. I provide direct support to high performers, to leaders, to leaders in their teams, to creatives, to entrepreneurs. It's very important that we find a sustainable way to care for those individuals that show up to life doing the most and that we find a way to integrate their gifts into their world so that they don't burn out. And that that journey began for me. Um, in my work at Morehouse School of Medicine, I worked at Morehouse School of Medicine in leadership for you know over a decade, doing all of the great work to provide access to vulnerable communities. And it's also within that space that I began to understand burnout firsthand. And when I decided to make the journey to become a clinical mental health therapist, it was to provide support to people so that they could do the work at the highest level, but that it doesn't sideline them and it doesn't take all of their joy and it doesn't and burn them out. And so I live in a space of trying to find the intersect between work and well-being. How do we make work suck less? How do we make certain that <laughs> performers are able to live in their gifts without it taking away from their well-being? And it is so encouraging to know that duality can exist. You can do well in your business without sacrificing family time and the things that you love and enjoy. Um, So let's jump into this topic. Now, this was inspired by an article that I came across uh, in Quanta magazine. It's titled How Loneliness Reshapes the Brain. And I saw this and I thought it was so interesting. I sent you the link and you checked it out. I said, let's talk about this. Uh, But first, I want to say, you know, this is a fitness podcast. So you may be listening this far and you're like, okay, what does loneliness have to do with fitness? But The way you feel and your mood is going to dictate the way you eat and the way you exercise, the way you rest. So it is all connected. The article talks about loneliness and how it can lead to high blood pressure, stroke and heart disease. It can also double the risk of type 2 diabetes and raise the likelihood of dementia by 40 percent. And as a consequence, chronically lonely people tend to have an 83 percent higher mortality risk than those who feel less isolated. So loneliness also can be tricky because sometimes people mistake isolation for me time. I just need some time to myself. So Janae, let's go ahead and start there. That's actually great. First of all, the article was everything. And I found myself taking notes on this little two-page article because (laughs) it has so many larger implications and it provides um, a greater opportunity to reduce stigma and raise awareness. So I appreciate you um, tagging me in on this. Loneliness is complex and it's layered. And the article did its very best to take this really big thing and and, um, and break it into a smaller, um, more manageable bite. One thing that I want us to be aware of when we talk about isolation, when we talk about feelings and emotions, um, as a therapist, I am always highlighting the importance of being able to name your feelings, right? So loneliness comes from a base feeling of sadness. And when we talk about your emotions, when we talk about feelings, we're always asking, what is loneliness trying to tell you? So when we talk specifically about loneliness, oftentimes it's associated with a lack of fulfillment or unmet needs. And Mm. so when we talk about isolation, depression is 
often tries to convince you that you need to isolate because no one understands your journey or no one is going to be able to support you or your depression feels burdensome. And under the umbrella of depression often shows sadness and loneliness and, and they align with the way a person feels on the inside. You know, depression, isolation, loneliness, it's like it's a joy stiller. It sucks the joy out of the moment. And before we rush past lonely and the feelings of loneliness to try to fix it. So we, before we move from dysregulation to regulation, we first want to stop and say, what is loneliness trying to tell me about myself? What is loneliness trying to offer to this moment in time? And I would say, let's start with what is not being fulfilled. What do you need? Where is the unmet need? Let's begin the, the opportunity for self-discovery there. And I referenced that this topic was inspired by an article outlining loneliness and specifically physical isolation. And when we think about loneliness, oftentimes we think, okay, well, I'm over here by myself. You know, I live alone or I work alone. I don't interact with humans. But loneliness isn't just about, you know, your physical surroundings. You can be lonely inside of a marriage. You can be lonely at a job that may be perceived as fulfilling and you're around coworkers all of the time. Can you dig a little bit deeper into the layers of loneliness? For sure. When um, in your in the article that you shared with me, when I first thought about being a scientist that's on a polar station in Antarctica, secluded from <laughs> everyone that I know, I'm thinking like, hello, depression. You know, like <laughs> what safety nets have they put in place to care for these people that are trying to teach us about you know geophysical science? And 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 should they should we expect that they're not going to be lonely in this space where they are disconnected from people that they know and love and feel safety and supported by. But most importantly, when we're feeling lonely, what I would want to offer to the discovery space is what activated that loneliness, right? And so more often than not, there is something that is underscoring the precipitating emotion that's saying, oh, this doesn't feel safe for me. Right. And so when we talk specifically about being isolated, we know that you don't it takes away your ability to have choice. Right. What choice do I have in in committing to authentic connection and finding people that are aligned with who I am right now. When you said specifically, you know, you can be in a marriage and feel lonely. Absolutely. Right. So is the marriage giving me what I need right now? And we're always trying to uh, discern if how I'm showing up in the world right now and what I'm asking of people aligns with what is best fit for me in this present moment. Oh, that's good. And you know, another thing about loneliness is someone could be a single person that doesn't interact with folks as often, but they're not actually lonely because they've learned to enjoy their own company. And that's something that I had to embrace over the years, not waiting to be um, validated by anyone else, but to really practice self-love and enjoy my own company. I love that. I love the the journey of liking yourself. And why do I say it's a journey? It's a growth continuum because we live in a world that capitalizes off you not liking yourself, right? Like it capitalizes off of the perpetual shame cycle that says you're not enough. And so when we begin to like ourselves, maybe we don't have to buy the products as much, right? Maybe we don't need the substances as much. And so what does it what does it say to this big machine that is capitalizing off of our insecurities? So one thing I want to offer for the joy of learning to love you is let's get very honest about what we really like, 
I know as a mom and a wife of 20 years, a lot of how I show up in the world is based on what's going to be best for everyone else, right? So the journey of choosing yourself is literally asking, does this make me happy? Do I feel peace in my yes? Do I feel centered and grounded in my no? What's a new experience that I can offer to myself and to my lived experience that says, this is going to make me feel good today. So we want to just go back and, and say, what makes me happy? What, what brings me joy? If we can identify happiness and joy in the moment, then you sit with yourself and you say, when was the last time I felt happy? And what was I doing in that moment, right? So that's a big deal because sometimes when you're in the thick of loneliness or depression or isolation or all of these emotions that are trying to teach you something and are really sitting you down, you can't access the happiness. And so sometimes we have to go back in time and say, what have I done previously that have met this need? And, you know, sadly, it wasn't until I was an adult that I felt comfortable exploring what I enjoy. I felt like there were so many examples around me, whether it was coming from my parents, my family, my loved ones, influences by celebrities or stuff I'm seeing on social media. And I think it's really important for people to understand that you love what you love and it's okay if it's not up to society standards or what people think you should enjoy. You have to live with it. And not only did I learn this in my own journey, it was a huge lesson I learned as a fitness coach. When I started my fitness program, I thought that, okay, well, I gotta lower their carbs, you know, uh, gotta limit their treat meals. A lot of women did well, but then it got to a point to where it wasn't sustainable. So now I teach balance. It's okay to have a slice of pizza. It's not the end of the world, but you should also be moving your body and resting and drinking water. It's like we have to normalize doing what makes us happy and the things that bring us genuine joy. We should feel good about eating. There's joy in eating, right? Like, so it shouldn't feels so bad to pick up what we like. And we're always trying to figure out what does um, integration look like? What does moderation look like for us? And you noted something that I would like to highlight for any high performers out there. I like to work. I like to work. And and I get that we live in a world that says, but you shouldn't be working. And the thing about it is I enjoy creating wellness programming for women. I enjoy creating wellness programming for Black women. I enjoy creating wellness programming for organizations. And so it fills me up. And so we want to be able to pause and say, what makes me feel good? right? And be able to sit and live in that. Now, we also want to be able to ask ourselves, when is enough enough, right? So to enjoy work doesn't mean that I have to do it to my detriment. So we also want to be able to come online to when our body is saying enough. And that's honestly what depression does. That's what, I, that's what loneliness does. It's telling us that something in this experience doesn't feel right. Raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. And we want to be able to offer more space to say, well, what doesn't feel right? What do I need to do differently? How can I modify this so that I can still do what I love without it working to my detriment? And let's talk about detriment because we know that loneliness can turn into depression and 
take us to all of these other dark places and we feel those internally. But what are some signs we should be looking for on the outside? How can we be more aware about the signs that our bodies are giving us? I love that, right? Because 80% of information is received somatically. And so the somatic presentation of stress is a big deal. And I want people to be able to recognize it. Some of the more overt presentations that show up in my client experience is tightness of the shoulder, right? So I feel tight in my shoulder. I feel uneasiness in my stomach. I feel aches in my back. I feel a headache. My eye is twitching. These are, this is your body saying, oh, something is not feeling good for me right now. And when we talk specifically about the Reiki experience or the somatic presentation from the Reiki um, perspective, when we talk about the solar plexus, because so much of um, how the discomfort we feel in the GI or the abdominal area, that lets us know that there's a block with your individuality or your integrity or your willpower, your productivity. And so listening to the body is the gold standard for information because that feeling in the body is going to evoke an emotion. And that emotion is going to say, oh, I'm feeling this way. And so I need to do something different. Yes. And for me, that feeling is bubble guts. When my stomach start bubbling, it's like my insides telling me, Maria, something is not right. <laughs> like some people cry, my stomach starts bubbling. And But seriously, you know, I think it's so important for people to pay attention to the signs that their bodies are giving them that something is off. Because when you ignore the signs, you can start to believe that, oh, well, this is just what my body does. And the longer you let something go untreated, the worse it gets and oftentimes it gets to the point where it can't be reversed. Disease, right? It is literally the disease in our body is what transforms into disease. And so when I think about disease, especially, well, the research actually supports from a trauma perspective that when we talk about fibromyalgia or um, chronic illness or GI issues, usually it is because of complex PTSD. That means you live your entire life without ever really feeling safe and your internal experience is screaming at you to do something different. And more often than not, we just don't know how, right? So we're feeling some type of way, but we don't know like what's the first step to not feeling so overwhelmed. And you talked about complex PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And when I hear that term, my mind automatically goes to, oh, well, you were in the military and you saw some really devastating thing. Well, you know, maybe one of your comrades died or, you know, you were in a really bad car accident and certain things trigger your memories of those tragic events. But PTSD has a much deeper meaning. Absolutely. And that's brilliant, Maria, right? So when we think about PTSD, we think about the big stuff, right? Like someone surviving sexual assault or a combat soldier coming back from war. But really, by definition, trauma is feeling, being in a situation that is unbearable and intolerable. Right. So when you think about your nervous system being overwhelmed by an experience that is um, intolerable and unbearable, we can all highlight that like this felt like it was too much. I didn't have enough resources on the other side of this really big experience to feel safe in my own body. When we talk specifically about the core issues in PTSD, one, we're recognizing, as your article noted, that trauma changes the brain. It changes how you show up to relationships. It changes how you perceive relationships. It changes your ability to be able to feel safe. What really happens is you become stuck. 
It's like a cycle of having to stay in the most unbearable moment of your life. And it's hard for you to be present because you're stuck in the past or you're so focused on the future because you're trying to protect yourself from perceived threats. And so when we talk about PTSD, we understand that there's a loss of instinct within purpose and it changes your reward system. And so what we do in a therapeutic space to to move through that really challenging experience is we try to reorient the person to the present, right? So we try to do things that remind the body and the mind that it's okay for them to let their guard down and to experience the joy of today. The very first thing, Maria, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to emphasize it. The easiest way to be able to bring yourself back to present is to breathe. Yes, breathing. I didn't realize how powerful of a tool that was until I started my sessions with you. I mean, just really resetting, especially in between tasks, because we're just going and going. It's almost like you feel that pressure building up and the breathing really allows you to be present, to quiet the noise, to remove the distractions. I mean, it's been a game changer for me. Absolutely. Bring yourself back to present. It's your life energy. Your breath is it anchors you. It reminds you that you're safe. It reminds you that you are capable. I never want to, I can, I can't overemphasize enough the importance of the breath. The breath is just a big deal. And yes, Maria, you knew, you knew it was coming. You knew it was the next thing coming out of my mouth because it's something tangible, right? Like we always think that these ways to access joy have to cost a million dollars and we have to take, you know, we weeks and weeks in order to center ourselves, but oftentimes it begins with us and it's the small bite-sized pieces of care for self that allow us to feel better. And I'm glad you said that because, you know, these days, Janae, it's hard for people to figure out how to feel better, especially, you know, coming out of the pandemic, kind of still feeling that negative pandemic energy. And we read all of these things online about the mental health decline. And I'm especially concerned about young adults, you know, between like 18 and 26 and some of us mature seasoned adults that are struggling with mental health issues. What are your thoughts on feeling better in the moment? Because naturally people want to heal. They want to figure things out where the feelings are coming from, the negative feelings are coming from, and they want to feel better. But that can be emotionally tolling in itself. So what can people do to feel better in the moment? I don't know if it's playing a song, dancing, going outside. From a therapist's perspective, what are your thoughts? What can we do in the moment? Um, I think that what I want to first offer from a therapeutic perspective, because, you know, I'm a therapist, so I live in the feelings, y'all. We have to validate people's experience. Like, we want to be able to fix it, right? We want it to be better. Sometimes it's not going to be better. I love how you said, how do I get from the one to the three? I would say, how do we get from the one to the one dash one, right? How do we get to the 1.5, right? Like it takes a second when your body is threatened, right? This is the brain. This is not a cognitive conversation. This is a heart conversation. And the brain's primary responsibility is to protect you from threat. When your brain shuts down, when I think specifically about suicide, you know, I don't run around suicide. Suicide is a 
thing. Suicidal ideations is a thing. But when I talk to my clients that are feeling hopelessness and I want to normalize that it's more likely for people to have suicidal ideations than we give language for. It is not one person having this thought. It's most people having these thoughts, right? And they have it because they just don't want to feel the way that they're feeling anymore. They want a way out and the fastest way to move out of the feeling is to just not be here. And so the first thing we want to do is validate that whatever you're feeling that's making you clean to isolation and it's making you feel fragile and powerless, that it's a real thing that you're experiencing, right? Like the toxic positivity does not work, especially for this generation that caused BS on everything. So you telling them to just feel better when your systems and your structures are set up for them to burn out, they don't want to do it. They don't, they are like, no, no more. So what am I saying? First, I want to validate that it's a reason why you're feeling the way you're feeling. It is a reason why you feel hopeless. And I'm not trying to make it better. I'm just trying to say, yep, I get it. You're feeling hopeless. Mm -hmm. Second, I want people to be able to identify their emotional allies. That's a big deal for me. It's Mm -hmm. not, the expectation shouldn't be that you're going to be able to get through every single hard time. Like some, some hard things, you need help. You need to tag somebody in. You need to be like, you know what? This is overwhelming for me. I can't see my way through it. Do you have a moment? Sometimes you don't, you may not have a physical person that you can tap into. Of course, I'm always, I am screaming, find a therapist, y'all, find somebody that's trained to do this work, but we may not be there yet. Sometimes it's a song. Sometimes it's a song that uplifts your spirit. Sometimes it's a podcast. It's, it's, it's Maria's Moore, Maria Moore's Mind, Body, and Business podcast. Mm-hmm. It's that one episode that made you feel like you had enough to get through it. Sometimes it's your spiritual advisor, your clergy. Sometimes it's, um, you know, an influencer on, on Instagram that really gave you a word that allowed you to get through find your emotional ally, remind yourself that even though this moment feels overwhelming, that you can ride the wave to the other side. All you have to do is just get through this moment. That's it. That's it. You know, whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed, my motto is one thing at a time. So appreciate those words, Janae. Um, So before I wrap things up, I love for my guests to give a one, two, three in terms of actionable insight, no matter where someone is in their wellness journey, they can apply these tips. So I want to focus on three specific areas, self-love, community, and of course, fitness, because this is a fitness podcast. What are three things folks can do to take action right now? Absolutely. No, I love self-love. I love community and I love fitness because when we talk about self-love, we are specifically talking about caring for the self. So I would say the first step is being kind to yourself. And I want you to be able to ask yourself, what does kindness look like? If I'm being kind to myself, what could that look like? Right? So for me, kindness to myself is quiet. Like I live for quiet. I live for a good book. I live to be alone in my thoughts. And so when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I know overwhelmed for me shows up as um, racing thoughts, like I can't shut my brain down. I know that the answer to that is quiet. So I want you to find what does kindness to self look like? And that's my definition of self-love. So let's start there. How are you being kind to yourself? How can you be kinder to yourself? When we talk about community, I cannot emphasize this enough. The therapeutic approach to depression is authentic connection. 
So you want to isolate and we want to force the brain the other way. We want to tell the brain, I know you want to isolate. I know you want to put the cover over your head. I know you don't think that there's anybody that's going to love you, care for you and be able to really connect with you. But I just want you to try anyway. I don't care if it's a Facebook group. I don't care where you can go to find authentic connection. Go find people that have good energy. Okay. That's what community looks like for me. Doesn't have a one size fits all way to get community but go find authentic connection out there in that world. This world offers so many different opportunities for even in a digital space. And then finally, fitness. You are, this is not a Maria Moore, Janae Hicks thing. The research supports that when you move your body, is going to release the good chemicals that are going to allow you to feel happiness and joy. You do not have to run a marathon. You do not have to be as fit as Maria Moore. You can go out there and do a 10 minute walk somewhere safe where you can just be one with nature. And in that moment, you can ground yourself, right? So you need a quick grounding activity to bring yourself back to present. Five, four, three, two, one. What do I feel? What do I hear? What do I smell? Use your senses to bring you back to present and do it in nature. Just 10 minutes. You don't have to do a whole nature hike. Give yourself 10 minutes outside. Let the sun hit your face. Let the wind hit your face. Allow yourself to be one with the generous opportunity that the outside gives to you and allow yourself to come back to present. Always making it so digestible. That's what I love about you, Janae. Thank you so much for that. Easy to follow, valuable insight that anyone can apply to their lives right now. You are going to do some incredible things. You are such a wonderful light, and I can't wait for as many people as possible to experience it. So go ahead and share your contact information because I know folks want to know how they can stay in contact with you. First of all, I so appreciate you. I'm a words of affirmation person, y'all. So all these good words, I'm like, yep, mm -hmm, I receive it. Okay, so um, I work full-time at um, Hello Health Today, and um, that's where you can find me for one-on-one therapy. I'm also going to, based on the recommendation of Maria Moore and so many of the wonderful people that I'm in connection with, I am going to drop some regulation tool kits this year. So if you subscribe to JanaeHicks.com, you'll be able to get the first release of anything that I do. And I guarantee it's going to be good, y'all, because what we know oh, yes. is that we need more. We need more. You deserve peace. And I'm going to figure out what it looks like to be able to offer more in that space. And that's good news for the people who have been hitting you up trying to experience that Janae Hicks magic because you are booked and busy, not taking any new clients as of this recording. So really appreciate you uh, having that other option. Janae, thank you so much for this. Always appreciate your energy. You are just so wonderful. And I'm already looking forward to our next conversation. Many blessings to you. Continued success. And thank you so much again, Janae. Of course, Maria. Therapist Janae Hicks, y'all, always dropping them gems, diamonds, pearls, rubies, all of that. Be sure to give her a follow and check out her website. Uh, with that said, that's a wrap for this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. Follow and share this episode and podcast with your friends and family. I would also greatly appreciate a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Remember, new episodes drop every Wednesday. Plus, you can stay connected with the Mind, Body, and Business podcast at Pod on Instagram and Facebook. As always, I enjoyed this time with you. Truly appreciate your ear and look forward to another empowering conversation on the next episode. Take care.
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.